0: Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. It's chapter 43 or verses 43 through 51. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, "Follow me." Now Philip from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Friends, last summer, the last Marvel movie came out. And in case you haven't picked up, I'm a big geek. Uh, I I've, I've, uh, freely admit this. I've thought about starting a website called The Geek Shall Inherit, kind of a play on the biblical terms. Um, and so I try to see all the Marvel movies because they're fun. And the the critics and the people in Hollywood have tried to predict when Hollywood or when Marvel would have their first big fail because so far everything they've done has been a huge hit. And they thought surely this most recent movie, Ant-Man, would be the first big fail. After all, this is a superhero whose power is shrinking to the size of an ant. What kind of power is that? To become really, really little We don't want little superheroes. We want great big superheroes like the Incredible Hulk, not little Ant Men. In fact, people in our society tend to look down on things that are small. Think about it. We always want something bigger, stronger, faster, better. Very rarely do we want to go smaller, more little. But that's what Ant-Man did. I've always felt called to smaller church ministry. And I found this to be true even in the church. <laughs> Friends, family members have asked me, that's a really nice Chris, church, Chris, but when are you going to go to a bigger church? You seem like a pretty good pastor. You should be at a bigger church. Like a smaller church is the, the starter model. Like, small churches don't deserve good pastors. But I appreciate small churches. Yes, there are things I'm envious about bigger churches. I envy their budgets of, that we can't even imagine. I, we, I envy them their staff, their programs. They do a lot of things that we just can never do. But small churches do a lot of things that big churches can't do. And that's what attracts me. We could look around this room and if we think about it, we could tell who is missing. We could tell who is a visitor. We know each other. We love each other. We're a family. You can't do that in a big megachurch where there's 20,000 people. I've got a friend who went to a megachurch for years and he said on more than one Sunday, people will come up to him and say, excuse me, sir, are you new here? after attending for seven, ten years. That will never happen here. No one will ever go up to Walter or Joey or Sue or Diane and say, excuse me, are you new here? Because we see them each and every week. In smaller churches, you lose the anonymity that goes with bigger churches. And there's good and bad that goes with that because we are able to hold each other accountable. I took a class in seminary in cooperation with a field education placement where we all worked in a church. And once a month we went to class and the pastors we worked came with us. And I saw not an actual fist fight, but a pretty strong argument break out between a pastor of a smaller church and a pastor of a larger church. And the pastor of the larger church said, well, if you're a small church and you're not growing, you might as well be dead. And I was filled with disgust for lack of better word but here we were with the idea that bigger is better that if a small church isn't growing if a small church isn't seeking to become a big church then it's doing something wrong but the body of christ is made up of all churches of big churches and small churches and everywhere in between And if we look to Christ, we see that Christ loved small things. Think of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, as the song tells us. He was so short that he had to climb a tree to see Jesus, and Jesus loved him for it. And Jesus said more than once, let the little children come to me. In our reading from John today, John is calling the disciples, and Nathanael hears about Christ and says, like anything could go, good could come from Nazareth. Like anything good could, could come from that small, podunk little town. It's so small, nothing good could possibly come from it. But we know that Jesus came from it. And if you don't agree that Jesus is at least good, then we have some theological differences to discuss. We see good things coming from small things all the time. They say small things, uh, good packages, small packages contain. Yes, good things come in small packages. Thank you. Uh, that, That small packages beget good things, if you want to put it biblically. Small things can yield great things. We see this time and again. When the disciples were trying to heal a man's child and were not able to, Jesus tears into them. He calls them faithless. He said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, then you could do anything. And a mustard seed is a very, very small seed. There's an image of it on a fingertip on the screens. But what is amazing about a mustard seed is not the plant that it yields, although the plant could grow to be very big. What's really interesting about the mustard seed is the root system. That's what makes it so powerful. Its roots grow deep, but they also grow very wide. If you plant mustard seeds, they take over the area where they are planted, where they become very hard to uproot because the root system spreads so wide that you can't get them all out of the ground. You could cut them down but they will grow back because the root system is that powerful, that strong. Today's sermon is called The Church the Size of the Mustard Seed. And I was hesitant with that church or sermon title because I didn't want anyone to think I was being disparaging to the church. It was meant as a compliment. Because just as a mustard seed has a root system that is thick and strong and deep and wide, the roots of this church are strong and wide. We have roots in the community in which we've been founded. Roots in this area of Bowie and these neighborhoods. Many of you used to live in these neighborhoods and you still come from very far away. To worship here, and you still feel allegiance to these neighborhoods, and you can still point out the house on Pointer Ridge where you used to live, and you know who used to be your neighbors. And the roots run deep, and the roots run wide, and the roots are strong. This church has strong roots in helping others. This is seen through our work with warm nights through our work with the Crisis Center, through our works in Christmas and April and Mars Hill, we support missions local, national, international. It's part of what drew me to this church. And those roots run deep. Those roots run wide. Those roots are strong. But above all, all we have roots in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, It is He we worship. The symbol before us is the cross above the world. Because we recognize that Christ is Lord and Savior of all. And it's that's what drives us. Our mission statement is united in Christ. Our mission to serve. And our roots in Christ run deep and wide and strong. And so we are the church the size of a mustard seed. We not, might not be as big as the church that's over across from Six Flags. We might not be as, churches, as large as even CCPC. But we are a faith family that comes together. And we are united in Christ. And together, our roots are deep and strong, and we cannot be uprooted. In 2011, there was an uprising in Egypt, and we can argue all day over if the results of that were ultimately good or bad. But what's fascinating to me about this revolution is how it started. It started with a handful of three, four, five people that tapped into what they felt in the people around them. The the discomfort, the discord, the, the hatred towards the government. The feeling that something could change, but the powerlessness to change. And so they came together and they started with Twitter, they started with Facebook, and they started to get their message out there. And these four or five people, their message became a movement and it spread and it overthrew the Egyptian government. And this spark of rebellion spread throughout the Middle East. For better or for worse, they changed the world. And it started with only a few people. If we want to put it in our own historic context, Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after he rose again. He left the disciples alone. But they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They went out to all corners of the world spreading the good news of the gospel sharing the love and grace of God sharing their experiences and the word spread and the world was changed and it started with 12 men and Jesus' other followers but a small group friends this might be a small church But we are not powerless. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. This might be a small church, but it doesn't mean we can't do anything. We can change the world. We have a message to share, and we can share, and we can touch people's lives, and they can touch others' lives, and we together can change the world. Our root system can spread, can grow. We could share the way that Christ has changed us. The love and grace that we have witnessed. That Christ is our Savior. But we can't do it alone. It's going to take every one of us. In a few minutes we're going to install the board members for this year. And these are people that call to serve this church and serve Christ through serving on the board for making some of the difficult decisions that the board makes. For sitting through many, sometimes boring, meetings. But we are all called. Whether we're a committee chair, whether we're a board member, whether we just show up on Sundays. Whatever our level of activity, and we range everywhere in between. We are all given spiritual gifts. We are all empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are all called to follow Christ and to share Christ's gospel and love and grace. And together, we can change the world. Amen.